There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Across the country this weekend, hundreds were arrested in ongoing protests over police shootings. You have North Korea, you have nuclear weapons. A story just now that's breaking over in Britain where police are responding to what they call a serious incident at the Manchester Arena. What do you think I see? I see a band of angels and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Come on, y'all enjoying this on the mic stuff? I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, we started uh, this series last week. We started beginning this conversation uh, on the topic of fear, on the topic of fear. And, uh, man, I'm just so excited about it because I think fear is something that we all face, that we all struggle. You guys doing okay? I know you've been sitting for a while. Y'all good? You need to stand up and stretch? Are we okay? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you look good tonight. Encourage someone a little bit. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, but here's the truth. Many of us have lived or are currently living in a state of what seems to be strangled by fear. You feel like fear has just a chokehold on your life. And that gets manifested in us in many different ways. For some of us, fear comes out in uh, insecurity. For some of us, fear comes out in loneliness. For some of us, fear comes out in anxiety. Fear comes out of all of us in different ways. And for right now, I'm a little bit fearful of judgment. Someone told me before I walked up here that I'm showing too, too much ankle. So I was like, ah, thanks. Now I'm completely insecure on stage. Uh, but deal with it. They're ankles. Anyways, so fear comes out in, in all of us in different ways. But it's just a fact that we all uh, have fear. And it, it, just, it just, fear fear sucks, you know. We talked about it last, fear, fear will suck the joy out of your life. It will suck the, the potential out of your future. It can suck the peace out of your heart, right? Fear just has a way of sucking the life out of you. But the truth is, fear, God did not intend for fear to run your life. In fact, God has intended for you to have a life that is fearless, and in 2 Timothy is kind of the verse that we're gathering around. It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's God's intentions for our life. And so we've been talking, last week we talked about how, uh, how to have fearless faith. How to have fearless faith because fear and faith are opposites, right? A life of great faith is a life of little fear. A life of great fear is a life of little faith. They're opposite from one another. And so how, how can we have fearless faith? And we talked about the foundation of that is knowing and believing that the God that we serve, the God that we worship, the God that we have given our life to is more imminent and more potent than the fear that we face, is more near, uh, is more present, is more right there in the situation that you're going through, and he's more powerful than whatever fear has a hold on you. That's kind of the foundation of it. You have to know that that is the God that you serve. And so we want to talk about fearless faith. And tonight I want to get a little bit deeper, maybe a little bit more specific, and I want to talk for the next few minutes about fearless truth. 
fearless truth, and uh, I believe that tonight could be life-changing for many of us. And so I want to open by reading some scripture. You guys good with reading the Bible tonight? We, do, we read the Bible here. Uh, in fact, I met one girl that brought her own Bible. That was amazing because not very many people bring their own Bibles. And that's okay because we got one under your seat if you don't have one. Or we got one uh, giant Bible on the screen if you don't want to do that. But if you're taking notes and, and you want to write down the scripture so that you can get to it tomorrow, that'd be great. You should have a pen uh, in the back of the chair in front of you. But I want to turn and kind of study through a passage of scripture in John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And uh, you guessed it. We're going to look at verse 16. And so if you're turning in your Bibles in your worship center Bible, that's on page 1065, 1065. And um, we'll read John chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. A couple of verses tonight. You ready? Come on. If you love the Bible, say amen. All right, it says this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Someone say amen. Amen. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That's good news. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is uh, one of the most popular scriptures, right? In the Bible, you see people wearing this, uh, like, painted on their bodies. Actually, that doesn't really happen as much. Now it's, like, on the, the eye black, you know? It used to, in my, like, middle school days, the wrestlers. You remember the wrestlers, John three sixteen. that was a thing. Do you guys watch wrestling anymore? That's not really a thing. Okay. Well, now it's on, like, the eye black. You know, people are quoting John three sixteen. That's the big thing. Uh, but it, oftentimes it stops right there. And it doesn't go into the next few verses. And I love the verses that follow John chapter 3, 16. I love the next few verses because there's two truths, two truths kind of in that passage of Scripture. I just want to go through them real quickly. The first truth, I messed up my notes. That is the truth. There it is. There it is. The first truth is great news. The first truth is the passage of John chapter 3, 16 through 18. This is about the God of John 3, 16. This is, he's a loving, kind God. He desires to rescue us through his son Jesus. He's capable, he's powerful, he's willing and able to deliver us from our sins. He doesn't hate us. He isn't mad at us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He doesn't enjoy punishing us. He enjoys forgiving us, that God wants us to be saved. This is the first truth, declaring who our God is. Those first few verses are that. But the second truth often gets ignored. The second truth is this. 
is John 3, 19 through 21. That people will not embrace the invitation of God because it means they have to step into the light. It means they have to step out of darkness and into the light. And when they do that, their life gets exposed. And people generally prefer to live in darkness so that they are not exposed for who they really are. So you got these two truths. That God is inviting people into a phenomenal relationship with him full of grace and mercy and forgiveness and all of this stuff. And then you got the second truth, which is that people refuse to step into the light, check this out, for fear of exposure. For fear of exposure. So I want to talk about that second truth, the one that we sometimes have a hard time understanding, the truth that people usually don't like to step into the light because it reveals them. So let me give you a few things, and we'll just go with it here. First thing is this about the light that you need to know, that the light reveals the mess. The light reveals the mess. Have you ever noticed... um, have you ever noticed that sometimes certain mirrors that you look into, um, what's the best way to say this, uh, make you look better than you really are? Uh, have you ever been like shopping or something and you go in the dressing room to try on a t-shirt and you know you thought it was going to fit you great because it was that size medium that you wear, even though you really should wear a large, you know that, but like... Uh, <laughs> You, it, it, you hold it up to you, it looks like it's going to be good, and then you get in the dressing room and you put it on, and you're like, Something, something's wrong with this mirror. What do they do to this mirror? And then you're like, hey, y'all need to fix this mirror in here, you know? And, and it just doesn't look right on you. You thought it was going to be great, but something's wrong with the mirror. Or you ever look in the mirror at home? You got a couple different mirrors, and you're like, not that one. I'm going to look at that one, right? That one makes me look a little bit better. Um, I hope you know this. It's not actually the mirror. It's really the light. You know, like it's the way the light hits it and it reflects off the mirror. That certain light makes you look a little bit better. This is, I think, that's the concept of filters, right, on like your phone pictures. I um, recently, we're doing like this whole uh, like booklet type thing for our first time guests. When they come, they get a booklet about who we are. And that kind of, I'm really excited about it. And so I had to get a new picture made to go in there because there's going to be a little section where I get to write and say welcome. That kind of, I'm really excited about it. Uh, anyway, so I had to get a new picture made. And this professional photographer, Andrew, he took this uh, picture of my face. I said, thank you, man. Went home that night. He sent them to me. And so I opened up my email of these pictures. And I was like, whoa, this guy has a professional camera. Like, that's not, that's not how I look in the mirror. And uh, I, I got my wife. I said, babe, babe, come look at these pictures. And I said, have I always had that freckle? Like, I got this freckle on my face, and I'm, like, I don't ever notice it. And she's like, yeah, babe, that's a freckle. But freckles are kisses from the Lord. They're, that's all they are. They're just kisses from heaven. I said, that's why I married you, babe. That's why I married you. And I said, yeah, but what about... That zit on, like, on my chin, was that there this morning when I left the house? She said, yeah, that was there, that was there. I was like, dang, I did not even see that. But the light, the light exposed my blemishes, you know? And you got to know this, that before you can get right with God, 
you need to get real with yourself. Before you get right with God, you need to get real with yourself. Now, notice I didn't say you need to get perfect, that you need to have it all together. But before you get right with God, you at least need to get real with yourself. And when you get in the light, it challenges you to be real with yourself because it points out things that you may not want to admit. But the light exposes. The light reveals. Not, it, one way that it reveals is it reveals where you came from. It reveals the darkness that you came from. Right? It reveals the, the, sin, uh, the sin problem underneath you that you were born into. Right? You know this, that you were born into a sinful, broken world. You were not born saved. And so I know we, oftentimes we hear people's stories and they say, well, I was born a Christian. Well, actually you weren't. You were born a non-Christian. You were born actually an enemy of God. You were born into a sinful world. And you got to know the darkness that you've come from. And part of that is recognizing that before you can recognize Jesus as your Savior, you need to recognize yourself as a sinner. You've got to recognize yourself as a sinner because before you can recognize that you need light, you need to recognize that you are in darkness. So we've got to know where we've come from, that that is our sin problem underneath us. That in order for me to need light i got to know that I'm in darkness. But it's not only just where I've come from, it's where I am now. And if you're like me, you understand that you're not perfect, that there's some things right now that even as I'm walking with Jesus that I struggle with, right? There are some things in my life that I'm still fighting. I'm not the only one, am I? you got to know that, that not only have I come from darkness, but darkness, sin has a way of kind of creeping up inside of me and making a home in me. That just because I now have Jesus and I'm walking with him and I'm doing my best to follow him, it seems like darkness still kind of creeps into me sometimes and it makes a home in me. I, I don't think I'm the only one, right? And so often, our resistance to God is rooted in our fear of being exposed. Our resistance to God is rooted in our fear of being exposed. Exposed means unprotected. Exposed means uh, without a shield. And this has been true of us from the very beginning of time. You guys are familiar with the story of Adam and Eve. Uh, perhaps if you've been in church a little while, you know the story of Adam and Eve, the very first humans on earth, the very, the very beginning of all of creation. And you can read the story in Genesis. But in Genesis chapter 3, it begins the story of them eating the apple from the tree of good and evil, right? The tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. And they did. And so they sinned against God. Sin came into the world. And I want to read to you what happened after this. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. It says this, then the eyes of both them, of them, both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Did you see that? So sin, fear, and hiding are all connected. That the first response to sin was they got fearful. And then after they got fearful, they hid. All of these things 
are connected. We get really good at hiding. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but we're really good just as humans at hiding. But some of you, some of you are so deep in the darkness of hypocrisy that if a light were to shine and illuminate what's really underneath the surface of all of our lives, it would absolutely humiliate you what people found out about you. It would absolutely destroy you because you're living this life of, of not just one mask. It's not just like I have one mask that I'm, I'm kind of hiding from everybody, but you have you know, this mask that I put on whenever I go to church. Then I got this mask of who I am whenever I'm with these people. And then this mask of who I am whenever I'm with my family. And this mask, and there are things I don't let people behind the mask, and I don't really show who I really am because I have a fear of being exposed. And some of you are so deep in the darkness of hypocrisy. And listen to me, this is not one of those messages where I'm like, we need to stop being hypocrites. I actually hate that. I hate when people blame the church for being hypocrites because, you know what I say? Yeah, we got room for you too. Come on in. We're all hypocrites in some sort of way. And hypocrisy is not something that I go, you're a hypocrite. No, hypocrisy is something I go, where, where do I have hypocrisy? And so I'm not, not angry at you if that's your life, but I'm saying you, God has called you out of that where you don't have to hide behind masks hoping that people don't find out who you really are, hoping that people don't find out the pain that you're struggling with, the, the, the things that are inside of you, the sin that you're walking in. You don't have to have that. I remember uh, when I was in college, I was fighting some things that no one else knew about. I was fighting some stuff just on the inside that even my best friend didn't know about. And because of this, I hated going to church. Like, I love I love God, I think, but there's things in me that I'm hiding, and I don't want anybody to know. And when I went to church, I felt like a bright light was shining on me. And I felt like all of those things were exposed, even though no one really, I felt like my sins were exposed to God. And I felt like who I really was was coming out. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to know this that the problem with the, the mask thing of you wearing multiple masks, first of all, is that you will live your entire life in fear of it being exposed. Imagine your entire life being fearful that you'll be exposed for who you really are and that somebody might find out the truth behind the mask. But not only that, your identity starts to look like who you're pretending to be, not who you really are. Your identity will start to look like who you're pretending to be, not who you really are. And I want you to know this, that God is not interested in the pretend you. He's interested in the real you. He's not interested in who you pretend to be. So when you put the mask on to be somebody that you're not really, he's not interested in that person. God wants to know the real you. And this is so important because so many people are playing the church game but they're not coming into the light because they have a fear of being exposed. They have a fear of the, sh of the shame of their past coming out. They have a fear of the, the shame of the pain that they've walked through coming out, coming to surface. They have a fear of the, the shame of their secrets coming to surface. So many people are walking in fear that someone might find out who they are behind the mask. But I want you to know this. Number two, God, God's light doesn't just reveal and expose. It rescues. 
that when you step from darkness into light, and if you will invite his light to shine on you, it doesn't just reveal and expose those deep things inside of you, but it rescues you from it. God doesn't enjoy exposing your mess. He enjoys rescuing that's a hard word, rescuing you from your mess. God's plan, and check this out, God's plan has always been to rescue you. And this is, this is interesting to me because the idea of rescue seems like it always comes from a situation that I didn't intend to be in. So like my boat wrecked and I needed someone to rescue me. My car, I got in a wreck and I needed someone to rescue me. I was playing hostage and I got lost and I needed someone to rescue me. Like it was, I was in a place that I didn't really intend to happen and I got rescued. But check this out. God created you and put you in a world where he knew you would need rescue. He knew you would need rescue and he put you in it. So God is not ashamed or he is not uh, equally embarrassed of your mistakes or your faults or your pain that you need rescue from. No, he knew you would need it. Our God is a God of rescue. He wants to rescue you. So whatever darkness or lie or pain or whatever you are trying to cover up about yourself, you can undo in the presence of a holy God because he saw it even before you got in it. And not only did he see it, but he solved it. So whatever it is you're fighting through, if it's a sin or if it's a pain or whatever it is that is deep in kind of the dark alleys of your life that you do not want to expose, I got good news for you that God saw it and he's already solved it through his death and resurrection. That's the God that we serve. And you don't have to live with it, but check this out. God can't rescue you from a life that you won't admit you're living in. And so when you simply kind of stuff the things down in a dark place and hope that no one discovers it, hope that it never comes to surface, hope that it never gets exposed, God can't heal that. God can't rescue you from that. He can't rescue you from a life that you won't admit you have. John chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, it says this, says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. This is a few chapters before what we read in John chapter 3. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That when the light shines on whatever darkness it is in your life, the light conquers it. It exposes it, but it heals it. It rescues it. But it cannot be rescued. It cannot be healed if it's not brought to the surface. Lauren, you can go ahead and come back up. And so tonight, tonight I believe is for a few people who need to get real, who need to get real tonight. There are things in your life that you are shoving 
to the back, you're shoving to the side, you're shoving deep down in, hurt. Maybe it's secret sins that no one knows about. Maybe it's things that your dad did to you that no one knows about. I can't tell you how many times I get in conversations with young people and for some reason they end up being vulnerable and I go, gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that's what you were walking through. I say, have you shared that with anybody else? No. No, I don't want that. I don't want that to be exposed. And I understand that walk. I understand being careful. But I want you to know something. If you just shove it to the side or to the back, wherever, for fear that it will be exposed and it may expose you and it may expose your vulnerability and your weakness and all this kinds of things, the light cannot shine on it, and therefore it cannot bring healing to it. So there is power in your confession. There is power in you going, this, this is what I need help with. This is my thing. This is what I'm going through. But so many of us fight fear of being exposed that we're afraid to bring it to surface. And so tonight I want to offer the invitation for you to make the first step of bringing it to the surface. I know this, that God is not intended for you to live with that. He's not intended for you to live with the fear of exposure, and he's not intended for you to live with that whatever it is, that he wants to bring healing to it. That's how good he is. And so I want to invite you to take the first step tonight that I think uh, would be helpful. And so I'm going to invite you to come up here and when we kind of have the time for it, to grab a card and to grab a pen and just write. Here's what the card says. It says, I need to get real about dot, 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 whatever it is. I need to get real about this. Fearless truth. Here's me Here's the real me, not the pretend me. I've been hiding. No one knows this, but I'm ready for it to not be exposed in a bad way, but be exposed in a good way where it can get healing, where I can find hope in it. You can write it and just turn it over and lay it at the front of the stage, and I'll take them. You don't have to write your name on it. You don't have to do anything. I'm just going to take them. And this is not, not for me. Some people may say, well, why don't you have them write their name, and then you can do a follow-up conversation, and then maybe we can go and, and I can help you through this and get you in counseling. No, this is not, that's not what that is. I believe that this is for you to simply take the first step to go, I don't ever talk about this. I don't even know that anybody knows. Maybe a few people know, but it's time that I bring it to the light of God. And by writing it on a piece of paper, I believe if you write it on a piece of paper tonight, it'll give you the courage to pray about it tomorrow. And it may even give you the courage to share with someone about it next week. But the first step is bringing it to the light and saying, God, I, I'm not okay with just pretending to be perfect. It's time that I bring it to the light and ask that you bring healing to it. You're not meant to shove it away. You're meant to expose it 
to reveal it and let the light do what it was designed to do. And so that's the invitation tonight. And I want to pray for you as we go into this. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. Tonight is for you to get real. For you to get real with yourself and you don't have to tell anybody else. This is not for someone else to, to know about what you're struggling with. It's not for even me to know. It's for you to bring it to the light and ask for God to begin a process in you however he wants to. So I'm going to pray for you, and then um, we're going to continue to worship. And just as we begin to worship, I just want to open this room up, this space up. If you want to come to the front, grab a card, and write on it here at the stage, or if you want to take it back to your seat and write on it there and then bring it up, you can do that. We're just going to give some space and let the Holy Spirit move as he needs to move. So, Father... I'm constantly amazed at how much hurt and how much pain and how many secrets people are hiding. And they're trying to bear it all on their own. And much of it has to do with a fear that they'll be exposed or, or maybe even a fear of what you will say or what you will think of them. But God, there's power in confession. There's power in your light shining on the darkness of our lives. And Lord, I believe that you want to bring some breakthrough in the lives of the people in this room. And that there are people who are fighting battles that they were never meant to fight on their own. And God, I love the beginning of that scripture. And so I pray it over everyone in this room as they're contemplating if they should respond to this or not. That God, you so loved us that you sent your son to die. So may the fear of exposure and the fear of judgment, may it bow at the feet of Jesus, knowing that it was your love that sent your son for us. And that it was not to condemn us, but to save us. God, that's the message that needs to be highlighted tonight. And that's the love that rules and reigns over the fear, over the pain, over the mistakes, over the sin that may get brought to life. So God, I pray that that love would be brought to light tonight and that it would begin to illuminate in the hearts of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask us all to stand, and as the band just kind of plays softly and we begin to worship, this is connecting with you. If you feel like this is for you, I'm going to just invite you to come forward and write, and you can uh, just lay it at the, at the stage.